Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. I'm Nick Youssef. I'm Kevin Christie. If you guys don't already know that about us, 118 yeah, episodes sort of in. Uh, it's still us. Still the t- same two really? guys. 100 and how many? How many I episodes? think we're at like 118 now. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, technically more with like a couple of bonus episodes. Oh, okay. My album one. So right, like maybe yeah, 120. Yeah. Do we have more than one bonus one? No, just one. No, we had a few. Maybe we have. But yeah, we're like hovering around like 120. Okay. Fair. Um... And if you've been here the whole way, thank you. Yeah. We appreciate that. If you're new, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) This is our podcast. And um, what do we have to tell you if you're newer? Uh, I've I've seen a few people recently tweet, hey, just got on board this podcast and I've been listening to a bunch of random ones. I don't know how people do it when they get into new podcasts, if they start from the beginning or just click random shit. Yeah. Um, But um, our shirts are done now. Done. Is it? It's over. Yeah. Okay. So that's officially over. Um, we're gonna have a new one at some point. New product soon. Yeah. Maybe a shirt. Maybe something else. New product. Soon. I also want your guys' opinion. I'm. Ma- I'm gonna make a pin. Opinion. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. But now it is uh, intended. Uh, don't uh, get too opinionated. Yeah. About, uh, <laughs> pin. Um, I'm gonna make a pin. Um, and I'm gonna sell it. And it's, I'm going to sell on my website. And I want to know uh, who'd be interested in buying that. Because it's, it's a cool, cheap little thing. It'll be like five, six bucks, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and I'll, it'll be like my face and something else. I'm working on the design now. And uh, let me know if that'd be something you'd be interested in getting. Because I'm going to do it. But I just want to gauge on how many I should probably make. Um, so if that's something you're down for... Email me, contact at nickyousef.com, by the way. That's a good way to uh, hit me up. Some people tweet stuff, and obviously you can't get into detailed conversations on Twitter. So right. some of you guys email me anyway and, and ask me like long-form stuff, which I appreciate, and I answer pretty as all, pretty much every email I've, I've gotten. Um, and uh, so, yeah, let me know about that. And then um, I don't have any road gigs coming up. Yeah, I was going to promote the last episode of the show, but that already happened if you're hearing this. Thank you for watching Masters of Sex. I appreciate it. Wasn't that finale crazy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. Is yeah, I'll be at the Commie Store. Oh, this October 3rd, I'm at uh, um, uh, Westside Comedy Theater for an AIDS benefit show. October 3rd. Westside Comedy Theater. Go to their we- website, westsidecomedytheater.com. It is a, a show. It is a show that benefits uh, AIDS research and AIDS treatment. Uh, so come out and see that. There's going to be me, some a few other comedians, and some like prizes and things like that. Nice. Yeah. So oh, come cool. to that, please. Uh, next workshop show, by the way, is October 21st, uh, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Lineup to be announced shortly. Uh, Thank you to some of you. I've met some of you after a couple of them who have come because you heard it mentioned on this. So thank you guys for that. Um, those shows are always fun and good. If you don't know anything about that, it's just a new material night, basically. Yeah. It's like Neil Brennan's show on Sunday, if you've yeah. ever been to that. And if you haven't, totally go to that because those are always good. Kevin, you host it every week. Every week. Um, but yeah, workshop shows. Uh, I I booked the f- I, who I think are the funniest, most interesting comics. It's So it's not going to be like uh, a bunch of comedy store guys So you won't have to be like Oh these are the same guys I can see on a weekend at the store It'll, It's always like a couple store guys And then like Comics who are great That it probably should be there more Or like you know That you rarely see there 
So it's a combination of those, and it's all comics working on brand new shit. So if you're, I always find that people that are fans of comedy like going to those shows because they're like. A, I like these comics, and B, I like to see a brand new bit, and then I know I'm going to go to a show in three months anyway, and I want to see how that bit has come along. That was one of the more engaged crowds I've performed for in a long time. Yeah, they're they're cool. Yeah. Especially when they know, like Neil's shows like that too, the crowd knows what they're going in for, so there's never any light. It doesn't ever get weird if a bit's not going well, because they know that's part of the fucking deal, you know? Yeah. So the next one of those is October 21st, uh, 8 p.m., uh, check the Comedy Store's website for uh, the lineup and tickets, and please come to it. It's a fun 90 minutes of brand new comedy. Yep. Uh, today's episode... Um, artist Robin O'Neill. Uh, Robin O'Neill is a, she's an L.A.-based artist now mm-hmm. that I've um, kind of just known through Twitter for a while. I'm not sure who... I'd re- I realized I'd seen her work when someone told me, like, oh, you should know about this person. She's funny on Twitter. Uh, and her Twitter real fast R-O-B-Y-N Underscore O-N-E-I-L Robin O'Neill And her website R-O-B-Y-N O-N-E-I-L Dot com You yeah. can check out all her work there Yeah She's an, uh, an amazing artist She makes incredible drawings And I've been a fan of her work for a while now And uh, she also does a podcast called me reading stuff where she basically just reads stuff she finds interesting and uh, yeah, podcasts like, are short they're less than 10 minutes usually and they're they're fun to listen to so yeah she she's tells an like, interesting person with lots of interesting stories she'll tell like a quick story at the beginning of an episode and then read like a short form poem or something like that yeah. so if you're into like super short podcasts if you're on like a quick drive you can like literally listen to like two on a you know 20 minute drive yeah and learn a couple things um yeah, she's charming, cool, nice. Yeah, we uh, get into her art making and where she came from, like kind of her art process. She's incre- she The work she makes is incredibly labor intensive and involved, mm-hmm. and she talks about kind of learning, learning how to like do that and negotiate life at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like how to be that gnarly about the work she makes because her work, when you see it, like I, we say this during the podcast, it's really no shortcuts. It just it takes a very long time. They look a very specific way, and they have to be done in a certain way. So it's a lot about like how she learned to do that, how she came to that process, and what happened, and some of the some of the pitfalls she's gone uh, been through by being an artist. I mean, she's only a working artist, which is uh, for people that don't know, it's incredibly rare. Yeah, yeah. People that make a living off of their art, they are handfuls of them. Yeah, they're not a large group of people. Most people have other jobs, or they you know they teach or something like that. So for someone who's making a living off of their art, it's their it's always interesting for me to talk to them because I, I don't do that. It's really, really hard yeah. to do in, in in the world. So it's pretty rare you get to hear about how someone does that in their process and how, how much work it actually takes. I mean, they treat it like a damn job. Yeah, they get up, they set schedules, you make work for a certain amount of time, you work your ass off yeah. to do it. She tells a story um, about a specific uh, piece she worked on that took like a very long time and what the process of starting it completing it and then what happens at the end it's like a pretty uh intense story obviously we're not giving you the details you're gonna have to listen to it but it was a good one it was cool and you really gave you a window into how someone that does something like this for a living how much time and energy they have to put in to actually make it work it's not like some people have this like romantic notion of artists whether they are you know like artists that draw or paint or musicians or comedians that they kind of just like shit just comes to me and I just put it together it's and it seems- happens it's a lot of work 
It's the there's no waiting for inspiration to strike bullshit. Yeah, that's not the life of a working artist. artist. I feel like sometimes there is that seed that yeah. like you get inspired, but then it's like there's all this work you have to put in from inspiration to complete product inspiration is the shortest part of the process it's not like the movies where it's like I was inspired and then I just did this thing almost right away and it was perfect like that's not the reality very few people were like that yeah yeah so yeah it's interesting to hear how a person how how they kind of go about life doing a thing that most people just don't do yeah totally I'm still always amazed when I meet someone who's like yeah I make a living off being an artist I'm just like what the fuck yeah and also we get into kind of her love of books and why she started her podcast and stuff like that yeah yeah Yeah, she's super cool yep Um, so enjoy this episode follow uh, her on Twitter and if again you're new to this we don't mention this often to like people that are new to the episode so for some reason I thought to bring that up but uh follow us on twitter you right. are kevin g christie yep i am at nick yousef n-i-c-k-y-o-u-s-s-e-f uh we also both have instagram handles where we do different things than we do on our twitters um i'm obsessed with snapchat now it's a very fun social media tool uh that's not by the way like it was when it started which was just a you can send nude pictures to people um, it's a social media tool now where you post videos and you create like a story of the th- shit you've done that day. Things last for only like 24 hours. So you can post way more stuff and not clog feeds up like you would on Twitter or Instagram because you have to actually go to people's thing to see what they're doing. Right. Um, it's, pr- it's pretty fun. It's like a fun new social media site that's like blowing up pretty pretty quickly. And uh, it's a fun thing to do. So I'm on that uh, under Nick Youssef as well. Um it's been fun. I've been able to talk to some fans. Like you, just, you can start little chat conversations too. So I'm just like, talk to some random dude in Australia that listens to our podcast. Huh. I'm just like, hey, what do you guys think about this and that? This is where I live. And just pictures and videos. You just meet some cool people. Um, so yeah, that's fun. And then NickDSF.com for road gigs and any other things. Oh, I just wrote an article for Paste Magazine on how to be a professional comedian. And it just so you know from the beginning it's not a straightforward literally how to it's like I'm making fun and fucking around and there's some stuff that is like maybe you should try that or do this but obviously I'm not you know some fucking 30 year vet that's like here's how you do this shit guys so it's jokey and it's a it's a fun time so please read that and let me know what you think of that Um, it was fun to write and it was their idea they were like would you like to do this and I was like sure Um, so that was cool to do read that there's a link in my Instagram and I've tweeted about it a few times Thank you for being here, guys. Uh, Enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next week. Bye. It was on 60 Minutes. I think it was called The World's Smartest Dog. Okay. And it was a border collie, about a border collie. This, This guy, this old dude, had trained his border collie to recognize... I think it was 3,000 words. And he did this by writing the name of each. He has like 3,000 dog toys. Mm-hmm. He's named them all. And he'll put out like 20 of them. And he'll say like, go get the circle. And the dog will go get the circle one. Like he's and wow. Now, he's meticulously trained this dog. He works with him like seven hours a day. Like that's all he does. It's amazing. Oh. But then this, so this psychologist who also had a dog and started 
I don't know how he got this dog to sit still in a CAT scan machine because it's loud and it takes forever if you've ever had one. Um, you have to sit perfectly still. And, but they apparently, when, a, when your dog looks at you, it's like the equivalent of like them hugging you. They're like, because they get like a quick, they get like a shot of like from their pleasure center. That's how they feel every yeah. time they look at you? Well, I think they have to be looking at someone they, you know, their owner or someone they love. Like, I don't oh, think yeah. they get that when they're looking at a squirrel. That's clearly not the what's happening. It would also be, it would probably be like a very small yeah. group of people. Yeah. Because, I mean, they don't really attach themselves like that intensely to anyone besides, you know, because like, say you have a, a dog and then you start dating a girl. Right. right? It, it takes a while for the dog to feel the same way. Yeah. Even if she's around all the time. It yeah. takes like a good... Yeah, it takes a while. Because otherwise, their brains would just be exploding with hugs and love and happiness <laughs> well, like for this, everybody. My little dog <laughs> likes everyone. Aww. Like, yeah, he's he, the best. He does, There's no like lean time. Like if if as soon as you touch him, he's like, "Are you my dad?" Like it's immediate. <laughs> but the other one takes longer. The other one takes like more ownership over me. But yeah, I guess they they're they like looking at you gives them a quick burst of like in their pleasure center so like that's why they like look up at you with like that wide-eyed dog face oh i miss it you've made a mistake having me over because i need this kind of you're just gonna leave with one of the dogs (laughs) get ready (laughs) yeah there yeah so i watched but watching this dog recognize the toys and stuff a i was like that's amazing and then i was like my dogs aren't the smartest (laughs) i was like there's no way i could teach them to do like one of them like while i was watching one of them just like looked at me and farted it was not well you used to also be like against training them in any way i remember that i I, the overtraining of dogs i kind of find annoying (laughs) but no training at all i was like i was like does he uh sit or whatever or do you like uh discipline him if you you're just like i don't want to do that i don't want to well they're good enough Right. Like they're they do stuff, but they're like over like overreachingly. They're pretty good dogs, and I'm like, leave them, let them have a dog life. Like when I see when I see people walking their dogs, and it's all those like little commands, and they're like yeah. not letting them. Run. It's like, dude, yeah, it's the best sad. part of their day is like going outside. And you see someone's all the whole time they're doing like, psh, psh, hey, <laughs> hey, and there's all these commands and shit. Like, but wouldn't you think the dog that had to learn three thousand words was in a living nightmare? For I like, don't. I mean, he's like, I just want to chill and like lick my own ass and like yeah. nap and shit. I don't want to learn. Border collies are incredibly smart, but yeah. After a while, you're like, dude, uh, there must. It gives the dog a day off. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. I think that's great. That's the nice way to do it. I was kind of in between too. Yeah. I made sure my dog Henry did what I said, but I wasn't an asshole to him ever and he'll let him be yeah. who he was as well be accepting there's like a guys. fine line between there's people that at, like at every chance they stop the dog and make him sit and yeah. like you know yell at him and you're yeah. like let him enjoy the walk and then there's people that have never bothered ever disciplining their, their dog and then those yeah. are the ones who always end up screaming at them mm-hmm. yeah and they're just running around being disaster like tornadoes yeah no it's yeah there's a happy medium guys <laughs> <laughs> so you had to be away from him. Let's hear. It was rough, man. How long were you? Okay, like this is still <laughs> surprising to me because <laughs> we were trying to figure out like when we're gonna record uh, another episode, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna be gone for like four or five days." I'm like, "Oh, are you shooting something?" You're like, "No, I'm I'm just going out of town." I'm like, 
Is everything okay? Why would you do that? I'm going to Europe for a very secret medical procedure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would like be normal. Yeah, I went. But you just I, went on vacation. I went on a vacation. So you can't even say the word. I say it very infrequently. You were like vacation. Yeah, I'm I've, the same way. By the way, so I get it. I want to hear the whole deal. Well, I haven't been on one in like probably 38 10 years. years, like a long time. <laughs> really, a yeah, decade. A decade. Yeah. Where did you go 10 years ago? Kind of the same place. <laughs> no, but no, actually no. But in the same area, but not the same place. Okay. But I uh, drove up the coast. Mm-hmm. To go, I went to San Luis Obispo. I went to Hearst Castle. Not alone. My, my girlfriend and I did this. Yeah. If you're a white couple and live in California and have been together more than six months, by law, you have to drive up the coast. <laughs> you have together. to go up PCH. <laughs> I've done yeah. it. It's true. Yeah, you have to do it. And so uh, they have like agricultural inspection in Nevada. <laughs> yeah. Halfway up the PCH, they have like a "Are you with someone you've been dating <laughs> yeah. for six months?" Inspection. You got any okay, fruit? Cool. You in love? All right, head up the coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You in a Subaru? Um, so. <laughs> We drove to, to San Luis Obispo, went to Hearst Castle, which was, again, you know, stunning. The guy, you know what I know? Have you ever been there? Yeah. He didn't buy m- many paintings at all. It's all tapestries. I know. And they were fine, but I was kind of disappointed. In After that. a while, you're like, yeah, tapestry. Like, yeah. They're, it's all really, really similar. Like, it all yeah. fit the rooms, but wasn't... I've still never been there. Is it worth it? Yeah. Really? It's cool. See, what if I said no? Because I kind of was annoyed by the whole, <laughs> okay. except for the pools. I was going, The this pools and the tennis court. Okay, I loved those things. Yeah. And I loved the view from the distance you were to the ocean was kind of incredible. Yeah. And I loved learning about, he had a zoo there. Yeah, wow. he had a zoo. But overall, Kevin, are you, don't you think taste-wise, it was just kind of not as beautiful as I thought? It it was going to be. It was kind of, you kind of got the sense that he just bought the fanciest thing that was available at any given time. Yeah. And it didn't, it had like, you get, the, I got the sense that like at that time, America, rich Americans were really envious of Europeans. So it was right. like, well, let's just, let's just dupe everything they did. <laughs> yeah. Because it's really, it's heavily, it's, you, you don't get the, and during the time period, he could have had like an amazing, like California style type deal. Right. But it wasn't, it's all very like, oh, I bought this ceiling in Europe. <laughs> I got this one in Europe. Like it's all just that stuff. So or I this one came from fame. anyone, you never hear it talked about that much. Like you gotta go to Hearst Castle. It's cool. It's definitely beautiful. I and do think interesting. you should go. I didn't mean. And to Alex it. Trebek narrates the bus ride up the hill. Whoa, I'm in. in. And, uh, it's great. <laughs> wow, that was one of my other favorite. Parts. I mean, his his ability to narrate. I think we're taking him for granted, <laughs> just as the host of Jeopardy. Yeah, his enunciation skills, incredible. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even kidding. I mean, he it reads was, words for a living. Yeah, but like <laughs> the way he's he hits cattle very hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. He was. It was really good. <laughs> like that you're was like good. And it's a long bus ride. Yeah, it's it felt like, like it was a half hour. It's probably know. a half hour. Is it really? Yeah, that's from my the memory. from where you get that's on the bus I've up never, the hill. That's why I've never because I've driven the coast so many times. And yeah, every time I'm like, I'm gonna get up early and drive back from San Francisco <laughs> and I'm going to Hearst Castle. By the time I get to Hearst, it's like, well, it's already ten thirty, and then it's yeah. gonna take a half hour to get, yeah. and yeah. then I'll never get home, and it's then I a, never do it. It's a two hour thing. The the, the the like the tour guide guy didn't try to be too funny. That's Had good. some jokes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't kill, didn't bomb, right. but like he had a lot. He probably had forty five minutes memorized of just like facts of all the different people that have been there and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, the art. I was. You're more impressed by the view and just. I found myself wondering if any of the Hearsts are just allowed to go because they don't own it anymore. It's owned by the state of California. It was donated to them, 
as like a state park kind of. Okay, yeah. But I'm like, can probably get one of those like some kind of like permanent pass card. Yeah, can Lydia <laughs> Hurst just kind of roll it and be like, it's kind of mine, you guys. <laughs> I would yeah. hope because yeah. that was the other thing too, didn't you? I wanted. I know they do Citizen Kane at night sometimes there. Now that I would want to go for. Right. That'd be cool. To see a great movie, but you know, I you, I just want to exist there. It yeah. Was, I don't know. Or and I hate parties, but I'd go to a party at that place. Yeah, for that. sure. So sure. that was my take on it. Okay. I like I'm taking over Kevin. Yeah, do it. Cares about what he thought. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it okay. was. I find I always think logistically when I'm at a place like I'm like, oh man, probably took forever to get these stones up the hill yeah. like that. Like yeah. if the bus right, if it took a half hour to get <laughs> me up the hill in a brand new bus, like it must have taken all day. Like, well, we'll be getting this rock up the hill for nine hours, <laughs> and the bus ride's kind of treacherous. Like I felt sort of gnarly going down. Uh-huh. But that was nice. And then after that. Uh, went to Santa Cruz to go to the NHS Santa Cruz Skateboard Museum, which is really more of an exhibit. To okay. call it a museum is a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's four rooms. Is uh, it permanently uh, there? It's, it? Well, it's in there. It's where they make the skateboard. It's in like the same wow. building that they print T-shirts and stuff. Right, right. Which NHS is on Santa Cruz Independent Trucks and Creature and a bunch of other stuff. And so they have like all these big kind of industrial buildings. And I think they were like, well, let's make a museum, a small kind of museum about our, our history. Because they're kind of one of the oldest companies. They're the biggest. And uh, so it's by appointment only. I think wow. maybe probably was the only person that made an appointment for that day. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm a specific nerd for this one guy, Jim Phillips, who made all these skate graphics in the 80s that I like, you know, learned to draw copying. Wow. And he's still alive, and, and I, I just wanted to go look at him in person. They're fucking mind-blowing. Oh, Like, good. up close, they're so great. And uh, the guy who gave us a tour, uh, turns out he's married to someone I went to high school with, which was cool. <laughs> nice. But yeah, it was. Well, I was there for like an hour or so. It was, and he, then he gave us like a tour of the factory, and like, which was, I, I mean, for That's me cool. specifically, it was like incredibly nerdy and satisfying <laughs> to where like, uh, every around a corner, I'm like, oh god, that one! Like, and they'd have like the originals just hanging out there of wow. all these skate designs. It was a real like like child childhood. Like, I wonder if I don't know if maybe it's my age. Are you and I about the same age? I'm 38. That's what I am. Okay. Yeah. I in the, like, the last couple years have been for some reason gravitating towards all the stuff that made me want to draw as like a kid. Yes. To kind of like. I guess start over in a weird way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so with you. I don't want to take over the conversation. No, do yet. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you I have a plan am in the same way. And my best friend, who I know you like his work because you've said it somewhere, Trenton Doyle Hancock. He's a legit juggernaut talent. Yeah. That he, guy is so rad. I know, and he's been my closest friend since I was, I think, 17. Oh wow. Yeah, and so we learned everything together in a way but he and I are and he's a little older than us but same exact thing we're just going through this I don't know digging deep what made us want to draw originally yeah. so if that's what you had as a kid and if you you I mean to see that stuff in real life must have been mind-blowing and exciting and galvanizing and all of it I was trying to like explain it where it's like you know as a kid who draws all the time you're not like the most social right. so like so those skate designs were like your friends kind of yeah like that stuff that like i spent more time i had the same experience when i went i had to go t i went on tour with my friend and we went to europe and i saw some like sergeant paintings and things like that that i'd copied in college 
And it's like the relationship you have to some of these things is so real. You spend so much time like staring at them. They are like parts of your life. You have like an emotional relationship with them. And so that some of these things I was just like standing in front of them. Like I stared at this. I had a sticker of this or something. And you're like, you don't understand. I stared at this for like days. Yeah. Being like, how do I, I don't know how to draw this. How did he draw this? How are there so many like dots? Like how did they do this? So it was like that, like a kind of like a, because I think my life's like kind of half over. I, <laughs> I mean, if you, I mean, yeah, if you I think about we're it. almost done. Yeah. yeah, it's true. So it's like, what's the second half going to be like? <laughs> so it's like, well, I kind of feel like I should look at like the stuff that made me st- like, you know, like in, like I'm at the halfway point. Might as well kind of figure out, like go back to the beginning and be like, why did I want to do this stuff? Well, that's interesting because I, when I go around and do lectures at universities and stuff and talk to young artists, that's what I always tell them when they're stuck or when you can tell they're just fumbling around and don't know what they want to do. I always ask them, what made you want to make drawings or paintings or sculpt? What was it when you were five? What kind of yeah. instincts did you have that made you want to even go to art school? And then usually whatever it is that's closest to you and easiest for you in a way, not that you only do easy things, but there's something just natural in your veins that makes you do things in a certain way and notice things. And so it's important. And sometimes right out of school, you lose that. Or while you're in school, you're learning so much. And so now, not that we're not learning anymore, you're obviously curious, but there's something about our age, I think, that it is important to go back. Yeah. What, it, when you were, what, what made you want to start when you were like a kid? What was the stuff you kind of nerded out on? Well, that's funny. I, did, I haven't thought of this in a while, but Bob Ross was really huge to me. Yeah. And my grandmother taught me, she was a Sunday painter, and she got out <coughs> oil paints and canvas. And I was only four or five when she first started having me copy, you know, those really kind of cheesy books you get at the craft store that are. Yeah, how to draw horses. Seascapes yeah. or whatever. I yeah. have ton- I love those. I <laughs> still have all mine. You do love them yeah. too? I do too. I love it. And specifically because my grandma was all jazzed about this shit. When it was landscapes, and you know, if you think about my work, that's what I do, really, essentially. I would just get off on that. And sunsets and all this kind of pretty stuff, even though I've gone through a whole range of uh, stuff related to that. But it was that kind of basic art making things that you you know art schools would make fun of and push me away from but that's what started it and also drawing wise I loved we had amazing encyclopedias in my house and dictionaries and those were really the only books my parents had and I got off on those little black and white they were basically etchings you know yeah 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 it would just say dog and be a basic dog or (laughs) pine tree Pine tree. And that, that's what made me make these drawings, too. And so I would just... And I never traced. I was wanting to ask you if you... I am so anti-tracing for some reason. <laughs> and I shouldn't be. And I never had a light box or any of that shit. Yeah. Not that I... But that's why my drawings aren't that accurate, either. They're just kind of I bizarre. trace when I don't have time. Okay. Or if, it's, if I've had to do, like, a celebrity portrait. Oh. Where gosh. it has to be just, like by the millimeter accurate yeah and it's like okay i could spend eight hours getting this right <laughs> or 11 minutes <laughs> see you have and i, I let like my you know i let myself off the hook when i found out norman rockwell used to project 
Oh, really? See, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. I love it. No, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to like school you on. You yeah. shouldn't do because if I did portraits, your Mark Marin one blew my mind. How, right. And and the one of you two on the podcast, I love them. I can't do that unless I trace, but I just never do it. So I don't. I wouldn't know how to do it otherwise. Although I will say, tracings made me better at doing them when I don't trace. Oh, that's good. Okay, that makes sense. I got too. tracing paper when I was a kid somehow and used to trace. There was two books. Whenever they'd send, and I want to talk about reading too, because whenever they'd send us to the library and be like, "Get a book to read," I would pick. There was a book called "How to Draw Celebrities." Oh yeah, and really? that or I'd yeah. There was some <laughs> book wow. in my elementary school library, that's so I would just cool. take that and I would trace those instead of reading. And then there was all, and I would trace Garfield. Oh, Garfield was huge for me too. Taylor McKimmon's big Garfield tracer. Oh, that's right. He and I have talked about that. Yeah. Those shaded lines for Garfield stripes. Yeah. I could have done those my whole life and yeah. been content. So yeah. I'm, that's so funny. I'm so we all love yeah. Garfield. Garfield tracing was big. Oh. I used to because the way the sh- the size of the book was really small. Yeah. So you could just like page after page <laughs> after page. But that's I think how I learned to draw initially or just I realized I could trace really fast. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then the skateboards came in how soon after that? Well, I was thinking about that. The I think the reason I gravitated towards that kind of drawing was like if when I was a kid, if I looked at an oil pa- painting, I couldn't figure out how it was done at all. Yeah. Like there was no like way yeah. in. It, there's true. no lines. You're just like, that looks amazing. And right. s- how do they smear stuff? Like in my head, you're like, how do you smear things? Like right. I didn't get it at all. But like a comic book drawing or Garfield or a skate design had hard lines. So you could be like, oh, okay, that line goes that way. That line crosses that one. You could actually kind of copy it. Whereas there was no copying an oil painting at all. No. There was like just, uh, there's really no way in. And you'd get shown that art. Like when I was a kid, they'd be like, you can draw. Look at this art. And they'd show you like the Mona Lisa. You're like, I don't even. (laughs) Where do you start with that? Yeah, you're like, okay, great. That looks really rad. I have no. I I remember as until I was like 15, because I couldn't figure it out, I'd be like, oil painting's lame. I was literally like, that shit's gay. You just like, write it off as Yeah, dumb. literally. I was like, that stuff's gay and it's stupid. Yeah. And I would be like, comic books are the only art because yeah. I literally it could ends only. there. Yeah. I never really used paint until I was late, a late teenager. Did you go to art school? I went to a regular school, but I went to the art program. I went to a kind of shitty school overall, but I loved it. And they just had a really good art program. It's in Texas. It was in deep East Texas, the middle of nowhere called East Texas State. That's where I met my friend Trent, who we were talking about. Uh-huh. And we just immediately palled up. And like, I mean, it was one of those things, you know, you meet someone and you're like, we're best friends for yeah, life. Yeah. That's it. End yeah. of story. And we were like that. And so that's where I went to school. Not an awesome art school like Kevin went to here. <laughs> I mean, I lived really close to it, to be honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could have walked there. I happened to live <laughs> three miles from a really good art school. And someone was like, I had a class at the time. I went to a, like a small place called Kids Art. And the, both of the teachers went there. And I was like, what's an art school? And they're like, well, there's a really good one. Uh, you could kind of you could almost see it <laughs> the class was in Pasadena they were like see that hill and I was like yeah they're like that's one of the best ones in the country I was like oh cool I'll just go there <laughs> like that's how it happened wow. <laughs> there was no like I didn't I didn't even apply it anywhere else that's did you grow great. up in East Texas I grew up in Nebraska okay. at first and then my parents moved to North Texas like the Dallas suburbs yeah 
And I was just, my whole goal in going to that school was to not go, to go somewhere no one else in high school went to. And it wasn't like I was a huge fuck you to everyone. I just didn't want to see any of them. I wanted to start new. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of knew that I didn't need a lot of external stimulus or entertainment because everyone in Texas who's artistic goes to Austin, which makes sense, and goes yeah. to UT. And I had good grades and I could have done that but I also kind of set my eye on where I wanted to go and then just said this is good for me and she it just wanted was, to get far away I did and it yeah. wasn't even that far but it was far enough and not one person from my I had a huge high school and no one went so I was kind of just it was so great and there's nothing there I think there were two restaurants and they were McDonald's and Subway and I liked that about it which I know seems so crazy but I just wanted to make art the entire time. I was really annoyingly focused on it and didn't care about anything else. So why the need to get that far away from from anyone uh, that you went to like high school with or that you grew up with? You know, was it for the purposes of creating art or were you just like, I, I, I want to never see any of these people again? <laughs> I think it was kind of the more of the second thing. Okay. I was just, it wasn't that I wasn't that tuned into school because I was really actually kind of a dork and really involved in school. And I even started our art club and shit like that. And so, but then I realized I think I needed a chance. I was so nice back then. Not that I wanted a chance to turn into a giant prick or something, but I did need to re-identify who the hell I was. You need like a hard reset. I really did. And I don't know that I did it that that much, but I was able to not just seem like this nice, sweet, blonde girl because that's all. I don't know. I had a hard time proving certain things to people in high school. They just thought of me as this kind of sweet, normal person, I knew there were other things. And it's really embarrassing the kind of things I did to dig into that. Like, I dyed my hair black and all <laughs> of that awesome. shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first semester of art school, everyone's like, you, they're, if you're like, let me see your ID card, they're like, no, because it's yeah. not. Everyone has like black hair dye on their forehead. You can that get, they haven't been able to what you can out. justify <laughs> as a first semester art school student is yeah. like, Oh, I, and no one will, it's not like high school where if you showed up with a mohawk on Wednesday, they'd be like, you're not going to get made fun of. Because everyone's like, oh, we get to do this now? We get yeah. to just do, like, I, I mean, I changed the way I dressed, like, everything. You right. did too? Yeah, totally. Okay. Because so it was like, finally, you're surrounded by the other people that were like you that you didn't know in high school. Yeah. Like, everyone had the same experience, and you're like, wait, I can just, we can just do whatever we want here all the time as long as we try hard. Right. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you show up to the comedy store, kind of. Except, you, the, you know you're going to get made fun of at the comedy store, but it's not like, it's like good-natured. <laughs> when but you it's show just up a, the, for the first, the first time, time at the comedy store, and you're uh. like, oh, you, you jerks are all like me. It's like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. You can kind of do whatever you want. You're, it's that first. It's when I remember first showing up the comedy show, you're like, we can say whatever we want here. Yeah. It's like that. We can be the worst parts of ourselves. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and no one will truly judge us because they're like, I'm awful too in that way <laughs> yeah, or exactly. some other similar way. And then, as I'm sure, I mean, I listen to you guys here a lot on the podcast, and I know we're all kind of going through similar things where you kind of amp those parts of you up for a long time, and then you kind of come back around and go. So now I'm going back. Okay, it was okay that I was really nice and gentle towards people. And that doesn't make me have any less edge deep down as an artist. I don't need to like prove myself 100% through my 
hair or whatever, but (laughs) 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 although to be honest, I still kind of think I do because I just did a whole new rehaul on my hair. You got great hair. I thank you. I love it. That's a lot coming from you. You got a great head of hair. Proving myself on my hair is a great name for something. (laughs) Proving myself through my hair. The best was the the pause where like proving myself through my hair. (laughs) Like what was I thinking? I know. That reminds me of someone. I was reading an interview about architects, and some there it was an architect. They're like, "What's the thing you, the most annoying thing about architects?" And they're like, "Our need to express ourselves through eyewear." <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, "Please let it be glasses." Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> an architect loves to wear all black, and then look at these wacky eyeglasses. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Like you know the one who has keep shoes they made all black keep shoes and it it, it was like perfect for your postdoctorate in architectural studies I was like you nailed this that's so, so good. like they put that in the description of why you should buy the sneaker it's so funny <laughs> that's really funny it's perfect it makes sense yeah <laughs> but yeah when you're when you first get there you're basically trying on the outfit of artists for a little while that's it you don't I, know what kind you're gonna be no and my parents I remember them just looking at me like when I would come home and just kind of <laughs> checking me out and uh, and just making fun of me. My parents love to make fun of me and I'm totally cool with that. And they did that (laughs) relentlessly. And I just, I I thought I was so awesome that, you know, I was like, no, I know what I'm doing. And yeah, yeah, so then I landed, thank God I found my friend Trent because there were not many people there. I mean, this is a tiny, tiny school. Yeah. And we had free reign. You would have died. I mean, especially just space-wise, Texas is so huge and especially East Texas. We all had our own humongous studios that are like bigger than this room even. Wow. And that's as an undergraduate student. Oh my God. And we had these professors who'd been around for a long time. We just had this crazy drawing professor who you may have seen me post about recently. I'm not sure, but I wrote a little essay about him for this magazine that's doing a feature on him. He he started people like Gary Panter, who oh, you, wow. yeah, he went to East Texas State. Really? Yeah. Who is oh, that? Wow. He's an artist. He also does kind of co- the, like alternative comics. Mm-hmm. He's he's pretty legendary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He what did he have to do with Pee Wee's Playhouse? Because he had something to he do. He was with it I too. think he was in the art department with the other, with the, what's his name Wayne Wayne White. White. Okay, yeah. yeah. So okay. he had a big impact outside of the art world through you know really artistic endeavors in all sorts of ways. And the comic books he did were crazy. But all I'm saying is somehow this crazy school birthed all these really well specifically drawing people yeah which is what's weird and nick what i want to tell you since i know you don't know my work yet but i am kind of odd because i just have a career making drawings which as kevin can tell you isn't it's kind of more common now but when i was just coming out of school really hard it was really hard because that's not what anyone did that was kind of not that i'm the one who started this it was unprecedented until i there's a very small number of artists that do it it's like raymond pettibone there's that artist toba godori yep but it's not a large could be literally it, it comes down to this like well, if there's no square footage of paint on it, it's worth less money. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. like this is paint. Like it really. I had a, a rendering teacher that was like, "Unless you're painting oil on canvas, you're not really going to sell." And I was like, "That's oh. one of the dumbest things I've ever heard." That's terrible. But yeah, it's really so making you were one of the very few early on to be able to do that. I kind of was at the beginning. What happened was, I then went to graduate school in Chicago for just a year, and then I left. But around that time, <clears throat> there's this guy Marcel Zama. Yeah. And he and I he did were, that. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's right Did above what? Kevin's head. That one by the door. Oh, by, oh, you were pointing like that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Really, yeah, like really that. strong work. And 
he and I were both in this art fair in Chicago, and we were both selling work about that size for like three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And we both had about ton, we had tons, like fifteen or twenty drawings. Uh, our galleries were next to each other in this fair, and we suddenly before the fair started, we both sold out. And this was this <laughs> weird moment in time where suddenly people. The art world said, like market-wise, was, oh, I think drawings are gonna be a way for people to make money, and yeah. then a lot of galleries started to make a lot of money. Uh-huh. So it was kind of around the time Zama was doing this, and it was just an accident. I had never seen his work before, but there was just something in the air, and I happened to be a part of it. And the reason I started really making drawings, because I still made paintings out in East Texas, and then I got into quite a few art schools, but chose this one in Chicago, UIC. And I was just miserable from the second I got there for whatever reason, for many, many reasons. I'm just miserable in general often, but (laughs) seriously being there made me crazy. And I had never really been around only art people because even though I had my friend Trent, I kind of don't love being around visual artists all the time. I just don't. I don't know why. I grew up in a family who likes sports and shit, so I'm just used to something else it can be a downer it's just too much you know it's just too much for all the time now i'm now i'm also coming back around on that and i really cherish all my artist friends but it took me a while to get there for some reason yeah and so in you know especially when you're in graduate school for art it's just all anyone talks about and they're all getting off on themselves and whatever they're doing it's all very self-indulgent stuff And so I was fantasizing about being back like in Nebraska with normal people is what I thought of in my head. And I started to draw my dad and his best friend just doing dumb stuff, like throwing balls at each other, wearing sweatsuits. Right. And I was doing that also to be a smartass in school because this program I was in was really highly conceptual and wanted to turn out people who were, you know... For I don't know how to describe it, but it would be better that I didn't even have a studio because I remember someone making fun of me when I said, so where's your studio? And he goes, um, it's an office, first of all, not a studio. I don't make anything. I don't use my hands. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sweet, because this is the uh, painting and drawing master's program that we're in, but whatever. And I get it, and there's really important... Uh, artists doing that but this was just they wanted to stop us from making art with our hands that really was kind of what was going on so I thought I wanted to do the dumbest (laughs) shit ever and make just drawings with my mechanical pencil not even art supplies (laughs) not real art supplies and so I started drawing my dad and his friends with their sweatsuits on and Nike tennis shoes and I made tons of them and then suddenly they started to look really good and then I started to realize they were so weird and not like anything else I'd ever seen other than they looked like book illustrations a little bit which is why I wanted to be an artist when I was a kid like I said and then something just happened where it kind of took off in some gallery in Chicago paid attention to him because he came to do one of our critiques a group critiques and this gallery liked it and then that's how I started being an artist. Like, it really wow. was me just being a smartass. Right. A hundred percent. But the drawings got good. They started out as kind of jokes and also tributes to my dad. And then what happened was I created a whole world for those guys. And I made, you know, for like 15 years or something, drawings of those little sweatsuit guys. Wow. Multiplied by the thousands, which I can get into if you guys want, because <laughs> there's so many stories about 
loss and tragedies surrounding those drawings and stuff that are I think you guys would dig but so what yeah well I mean then don't shy away from that are you sure <laughs> yeah well okay <laughs> the thing was is that that well what I wanted to tell you guys about is that uh, eventually I guess I start I kept drawing these and they got bigger and bigger like huge some of them are 14 feet by 8 oh, feet oh physically tall. bigger and bigger okay yeah 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 Not, wow that is huge it's really huge <laughs> and some of them took 3 years to make just one drawing too wow like outrageous Kevin you've never seen any of those big ones before I don't think so yeah uh, yeah, I don't think you have because there's not really here very often I've only shown once in LA at Robertson Tilton it's been a long time right. ago so anyway, I just multiplied those guys and decided I could talk about anything under the sun with those little sweatsuit guys. Mm-hmm. And they're all these schlubby middle-aged guys. That's what they look like, to give you an idea. And uh, then I got a career out of it. I got to quit my day job pretty young, which was shocking, because I always intended on like struggling to do this my whole life. And I just knew, you know, maybe when I'm 85, I'll be able to just do this on my own. Yeah. What but, was your day job? Is it art related? Uh, the last day job I had was I was an administrative assistant at a real estate firm. And before right. that, I worked at Starbucks. Okay. And just whatever I could get. There was only like two years out of graduate school that I had to have a day job. Oh, though. nice. And, but the only, it wasn't that the drawings were selling. I, I was getting grants. I was applying for grants. And in Texas, I lived in Houston at this point. You can live off of like nothing. At least you could then. So, you know, I was able to have a nice studio and all of that without, like, I could never have done that here or in New York. So I kind of got lucky, even though living in Houston was hard after a while. But um, here's the tragedy I wanted to share with you guys. So I moved to, 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 like, the valley, Thousand Oaks. That is a tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good has ever happened. Yeah. It was hot. It was rough. The TO is rough. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm really, I don't, I lived there for three years and I didn't even realize it. Like, and I, I was really miserable. Like, I think I lived in some alternate universe in my head. And I've only lived, like, I live in Beverly Hills kind of area now, and that's only been a year. So I've lived in California four years, but my point is, I was, not even halfway done with the, the biggest, craziest drawing that I was ever going to make. And it was called Hell. And it was, I'd already killed off all the guys. It was this whole story, <laughs> apocalyptic tale, where they did all sorts of bad things to each other. There were no women in any of these drawings for the 12 or 13 years this was, these were being made because I didn't want to allow for procreation because if there's a girl, someone's going to maybe knock her up or whatever. So it was all guys. Right. And they all died. And they died tragically. Like a tsunami came and killed them. And then something happened where I got to do this animation project. And we animated my drawings. And then I kind of got... It was almost like if you got back together with an ex-girlfriend or something. And you're like, that felt kind of good. And now I'm going to keep doing that. Because I was done with drawing these guys and wanted to move on. Yeah. But when I worked on this animation with these, these guys, I had to draw a lot of the in-betweens and all that stuff yeah. for the animation. I'm like, oh, it feels good to draw these guys. This is comfortable to me. And I didn't know where my work was going. So I, was, I thought to bring them back and do this hell drawing. And so you saw them all in hell, since they were all such bad characters in the end. 
and it was the most violent, crazy drawing. And it, it, was, it was one that took almost three years to make. But it was so crazy, there were over 65,000 miniature figures. And like when I say miniature, they were like that big. And all drawn with the tiniest mechanical pencil you can get. Like I oh still never used art supplies, by the way. Still. Were you doing that thing where you take the mechanical pencil and then sharpen it with sandpaper? I've done that, but then I got a point three, which is as Whoa. tiny from Japan, and so that basically does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and then I do that sandpaper thing with my eraser to do little highlights. Jesus, wow! But it was so crazy, you guys, that I really was losing my mind because <laughs> I mean, this if was, you do anything sixty-five thousand times, you'll go nuts. It's and I went so nuts, and what I so I, half of it was done in Texas. Then I moved here to the valley. And I didn't leave my home for sometimes like 15 days in a row. And I was working, and I'm not exaggerating, because sometimes people love to pump this stuff up, but I'm really not. It was 18-hour days. And in those three years, I really only like had maybe 12 days off and mainly that was when I moved to California and everyone was real like my family was worried about me everyone was I mean I was nothing like not that I seem like a you know ray of sunshine right now but I was nothing like this <laughs> you do you're very like yeah like high for an artist you're not you're yeah. incredibly not awkward <laughs> oh really yeah, yeah by art good. standards you are extremely boisterous <laughs> that is kind of yeah true. outgoing and yeah. friendly I mean you don't mean any artistic I told Nick I listened to your podcast and I was like that is not at all what I thought she was yeah me neither like oh all. really yeah that's yeah. funny well and based on my work a lot of times if I travel for my art especially before the internet like you could find a photo of me or whatever people would uh, not find me at the airport if they were picking me up for a museum gig or whatever they would send some kid to come get me who knew my artwork and they'd be looking for a goth chick you know yeah. who's like moping around yeah and yeah. I'm like Hey, and they never think it's me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that makes me, I mean, that does kind of make me happy, I think. Because even though, even in my darkest days during this hell drawing, I still, I have this, I think it's being from Nebraska, I have this kind of moral responsibility to be pleasant when I'm out, which is why I leave the house maybe once every two weeks. Because like, it's, it's not that easy for me in the right. end. I mean, it is. And then Even I'm now, like, you still go that long without leaving? leaving no, I'm good now. There's okay. a lot of reasons why. I mean, I, that's because I got so low after the hell thing. Oh, you guys are not ready for what happened with this hell drawing. So after oh, all yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. you're really not ready for how bad it gets. You think you are and you're not. Okay. What I wanted to say was that, I, this is so embarrassing, but I'm just going to say it because I have said it one other time publicly. I would even, so then I had to cut these little things out that I was drawing, these little tiny men I had to use these miniature, even smaller than fingernail scissors to cut them out because they were collaged along with everything else. Right. Wow. So then I was so crazy about time that I would bring that, even when I would like pee and go to the bathroom, I would bring uh-huh. it into the bathroom to like cut some out while I was doing that. Right. Every single second of my day, that's all I did. Ugh. Yeah, I know, but I thought, I think at the time I was so used to it that it didn't even occur to me that it... it, it this is the on. kind of thing an art buyer loves, but other artists are like, oh, honey, come on, go outside. I see nothing wrong with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, look at the devotion. Right now, someone's <laughs> listening to this podcast on the toilet, and they're just like, I see no problem with any of this. They got like a book by the... Yeah. To the person on the toilet, just to people, 60, to the multiple people. Yeah, there's so yeah. many people listening <laughs> yeah. to this on yeah. the toilet. Yeah. It's just true. Yeah, so... So I almost broke my, I also gained like 20 pounds and I'd been some, I'm always this size and I got gross and I didn't eat properly. And yeah, I what were you eating? Um, 
Basically, I was eating pizza and to-go sandwiches, like pre-made sandwiches and Doritos. Yeah. I mean, I do always eat one banana. No matter what, I eat a banana first thing every day and, a, and an apple at 4 p.m. <laughs> that is something I stayed true to back then, yeah. too. I don't know why I just need to do that. But other than those two fruits, I did not do <laughs> anything else. It was all just frozen food. Like, you almost like you, when you're in college kind of yeah. stuff. Um, and, I tr- and I was really low and kind of crazy because the things I would get into, I would obsess about even more than I normally do. Like what? Um, there's always like a celebrity I'll just be real obsessed with. Like, I think that was when I really got into golf. And, I mean, I've always kind of been into watching golf, but at that time it was when Tiger Woods was making a comeback. And all I thought about was Tiger Woods. I mean, I thought about Tiger Woods <laughs> way more than anyone should ever be thinking about him. And it wasn't even like, oh, I'm in love with him. Yeah. I just seriously started to wonder about him and think about how I, how I could help him if I could sit there with him. Because that was when he was getting booed and stuff. Uh, I the, have those. The scandal, the sex scandal, the yeah. whatever with the waitress. Yeah. I've had yeah. those thoughts. Like, I've, I've wanted to be a part of Lindsay Lohan's life. <laughs> In a non-sexual way for a really long time, really? where I just want to give her advice, yeah, and be you like, know. "Here's, here's, I think what you need to do." <laughs> like, I just want to help her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've thought this a lot. See, so you get it. Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I get like that, and you could help her, by the way. I think. Could I help Tiger? Probably. No. Oh, <laughs> silence. He yeah. would just try and sleep with you the entire time. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. He'd pretend. Like, oh, I'd love to get some help from you. We should do it at your place, <laughs> yeah. maybe in the bedroom. Yeah, for and a talk while. There for on the, the bed. first few <laughs> seconds. It's hot in here, and then he takes his jacket yeah. out. You're like, okay, Tiger, stop it. Yeah. I'm trying to help. <laughs> He's like, it never works. Just thinking about all this money I have. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember another thing that I got obsessed with about him was. <laughs> I wanted to know what kind of sandwiches he was eating all the time because you see him eating about at hole eight every time during a tournament. And it was just something that was not minor in my head. I drew him into the drawing since there were so many people. He's in there. Uh, For the people listening right now, is there anywhere they can see this? Like if they Google it? Yeah, easily if you Google my name. It's Robin, Mm R-O-B-Y-N-O apostrophe N-E-I-L. And then my website's RobinO'Neill.com. Because the scope of this thing is getting bigger and bigger. And I know know. people, because even I'm like, I need to be looking at this while (laughs) I'm hearing about it. I should have brought examples to hold up while I I did it. I want to find Tiger. It's Yeah, he's in there. Other guys are in there, but... Other golfers? Uh, no, just him. Okay. I have put other golfers in other pieces <laughs> since then. I've got a couple of obsessions with them. But that's the kind of stuff I would obsess about. And then also back then, this is before I got some serious mental help that I needed, but I, was, I would just go on and on in my head. Like if someone said something that was off, I wouldn't even attack them about it or anything. It's just like I would just in my head it would replay itself over and over and over and I would think about that for like 14 days or whatever it was just not good it was because I wasn't interacting with people at all and that's dangerous obviously for everyone um, but here's the deal. So then the show comes and it's up at my gallery in New York and was this at Clementine? Clementine was already closed by that time. Oh, okay. So I think this was my first show post Clementine in New York and I have a great gallery, Susan Inglet and I love her and she did a great job promoting the show but forever, whatever reason, it didn't get much attention at all. And here, three years, I kind of thought this was my big piece. Yeah. Not that I could retire after. I want to be drawing till the day I die. But yeah. it was, I really accidentally, I didn't know the term expectations are premeditated resentments at the time. Mm-hmm. But that's what they are. Because I thought, oh, this, I hate to admit this now, but I'm an honest person. I really thought it was going to blow people's minds. And it just didn't. This drawing just did not do that. 
I had never had that little attention for any of my solo shows ever. And after three years working towards one piece, it really hurt me badly. And I went so low. I was yeah. already weird because of the whole process of making that piece. And then I just lost it. And I didn't want to have anything to do with anyone. And I was drinking whiskey too much. And I'm not even that into that. So that was weird behavior on my part. Like, it was just, this isn't me. And the other thing was I wasn't working at all, which I had, I love making drawings every single day. Yeah. And so I didn't do that. But get ready, it gets even worse. So then, as I'm trying to, about nine months after being really seriously down and feeling awful i i tried to pick myself up and i did weird things like i i got into a hip-hop dance class and that was kind of odd behavior on my part too but i liked it and then i can't remember i started an herb garden in my backyard and all these things and i was like okay now i'm getting better and i started to make new work and then um hurricane sandy came to new york to the east coast and ruined chelsea which is where all the good galleries were at the time and and my drawing along with five years worth of my drawings were in the flood and that hell drawing got ruined because it was still in the gallery and so yeah because i were ground floor yeah ground floor gallery which is so funny because every artist wants a ground floor gallery (laughs) the second floor ones are just kind of not as good you're like you want to have people be able to see from the street and it flooded like their flat files yeah their storage and their flat file and that's exactly right kevin because really because clementine was great and for years was on a sixth floor and then they got this ground floor in new york at your gallery that is the ultimate you're like okay ground floor space balling yeah and then it just like yeah it kicked me right in the ass and so i i got the text from a friend of mine who's an artist and he just wasn't thinking because he also shows at the gallery and he goes, hell is ruined, sad face emoji. And I just want to like <laughs> throw my phone across the planet Earth, oh you know? Oh, my God. Like, all right. And then I just sat there and I remember being in my bedroom. And, you know, all those things always happen to you when you're just starting to feel better, you know? It's like, <laughs> oh, thanks, life. And, but to be honest, that was easier to deal with than everyone just kind of ignoring it, you know? But it took a little while. I mean, obviously, I was devastated. And it wasn't just that drawing. I mean, my drawings in particular take so long to make. They're so detailed that it was like, I don't even know. So that's what I dealt with. And that's what I've really been reeling from. Like, that was also the greatest. If if I could go back in time, I would never change that. And I would never save it. It's so interesting because I always... Artists save everything because we're all waiting for our retrospective or like the, we're like, I should save this drawing because for the book, like you like right. the book's going to be big right. and you know, I'm going to need this drawing of a flower from 1998. I should, I'll put it in the thing. You can't yeah. throw away anything. So the fact that like five years and you probably have images of it, but it's not really I know the same. No. And I was trying to think of what that feels like to you guys. You know it as an artist, but what about as comedians? Like, what can you lose? I mean, there's so much beauty in stand-up because it's right that it's right in front of you. As an audience member, that's what I love about it, is that you have to be there to understand it, really. It doesn't translate exactly the same yeah. when it's recorded. So you have these beautiful things that just float away once they're done in the moment. But I'm talking about archives and stuff. Like, what is the same? What could you lose that would feel like that? Because... We can back things up on our computers if it's writing or whatever. But I can't back it. I mean, it's gone. You know, I mean, I have images. Well, for many years, you weren't able to back things up. Yeah. Because, I mean, you would rarely use computers to write. Because, like, 
I mean, it took me a long time to be able to like afford a laptop to be able to like have all the time and take places. I would, and I still do sometimes. I write pen and paper and computer. Like I always have both with me. Oh, you do. So most, I have like, um, I have a cabinet that's like maybe four or five feet off the ground and like a foot wide that's just full of notebooks. Oh, wow. Okay. From when I started. I would finish like a mole, like a two hundred page moleskin or whatever. Yeah, like the big ones, like every month or. Have something. you ever lost one? No, I have. I have all. I of lose them. notebooks. I've. I've ever since I started doing Neil's Sunday show, mm-hmm. I've lost like three of them. Oh yeah. my god! And it's like not, little pocket ones that just fall. No, out no, of no. Your they're like they're like five by seven or something. Okay. Oh. And it, what bothers me is not like because I remember the jokes that turned into jokes, but I'm like I know there's three bits in there that were going to be usable that I don't yeah. remember that, oh, that I'm never going to forget. I'm never going to remember them. Oh. And I'm like, oh man, I know there was like three, there's probably 10 minutes in every notebook yeah. I lose. <laughs> not like, oh, no. not like oh, I lost an hour. I'm like, I bet you there was seven minutes in there that right. I can't oh. find. And now. it's funny. Cause all those notebooks, it's not like, I always tell myself like, well, I'm just going to go through all these one day and then like <laughs> yeah. find it. But then I never do. But to know that they're there to just have them. Well, you at this point could go get old jokes that, and re like that no one really even saw yeah. and do them well now yeah that's yeah like, rework them old premises them. Yeah. you're like now i now i know how to do stand-up whereas yeah. then that was like too good of an idea for your ability level at the time oh i bet right. you do have that reminds me of joan rivers in the documentary seeing her huge cabinet is yeah. that what it looks like almost oh uh, that yeah she had all those like drawers oh, they're, and stuff. they're almost like a library yeah thing it's like that but just yeah just notebooks endless so Notebooks you, I mean, that's the thing. Like, what if those were all gone? You would feel, I mean, I can't, that'd be even worse. It would be, I mean, it's like a part, it's like a part of you. Oh, I know. Like dies or something. Yeah. There's not a lot of physical proof of stand-up besides like a special, but even that's like, yeah. it exists like in the internet world or like on TV really, but like there's not a lot of physical proof. That's yeah. why every time a stand-up writes a book, like I remember they asked George Carlin, what are you most proud of? He's like, my book. And I was like, your yeah. book? <laughs> like nine specials that were amazing. He was like, my book. It's because he can like hold it and like show oh, it to yeah. somebody. Yeah. That's why I wanted to do a, a physical record. Yeah, like a vine. Yeah, yeah. The same thing. Like you Because I'm like, I want to be able to hold right. the yeah. comedy I made and like <laughs> fucking see it, not have it be a it's little file. It's why I've never yeah. drawn with like those Wacom tablets or anything. Like, Me it, neither. It all like when I was still trying to do like magazine illustrations, like you do it way faster it's like yeah but it doesn't even it doesn't exist anywhere yeah. right it only exists in your computer that's odd another is thing is a uh, voice memo recording because i record oh. every oh, I single set without fail and even like you do yeah every every Where single do you one keep it i like just uh, on in your pocket yeah yeah because oh. the you know the voice memo thing that yeah. comes on the iphone if yeah you have an iPhone. i love it um just on there and then oh. every time you you hook your computer up to the phone it, you can on. like transfer them all over but that, in a weird way, is almost as important as like the writing them down because I w- I, most comedies audio now, yeah. these days is way more people. I are admire that about knowledge. you right. so much. The discipline to record everything. Do you listen? And you listen to all of them, like on the way home. A good amount, especially if I'm working on a new bit. Or, I have recorded none. I think you I've don't recorded, record any of your sets. I think I've recorded four sets in my life. Oh, I have. I mean, none. Just. Uh, hundreds and hundreds if not like a thousand when i've done more. it i w- i had like a easily old, thousands, i had yeah. the old i had like an old tape one mm-hmm. and i used to there was i think the times i did it, i would like set it on the stool and hit record as i walked on stage i've saved those too the little and micro i remember oh, yeah. yeah listening to it on the way home and being so hor- just being like i can 
ever do this again. I got to go back and listen to those old ones. Because oh. I remember the little micro cassette recorder thing. Oh, things. I loved buying that at Radio Shack. That was, that's, yeah, when I decided, that's when I decided to be a comedian. I went to a Radio Shack and I bought a voice recorder. I was like, I am a comedian. That yeah. was your first purchase after I was like, I'm going to be a comedian. I bought tapes and I bought a voice recorder when I lived in Burbank and I would walk around and talk into it when I'd think of a premise. It was like wow. before cell phones were like this thing you always carried with you. Yeah, so your cell phone yeah. was bigger than the voice recorder. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, true. those things yeah. were tiny. Those yeah. were good. But even when the phones got small, when they made those razors, also, buying those tiny tapes felt cool, like you were a spy. Because <laughs> I would <laughs> label them all. I'd be yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you get to write on them." <laughs> You'd be like, "Like yeah. milkman or whatever it was." Like, well, I would be first... like, you know, January two thousand seven to like you know March two thousand seven, oh. like whatever period of time those recordings were. There wasn't enough time wow. to literally write every set you did. Right. Because when you're starting, you do so many like open mics. You do. I would do seven, eight hundred sets a year or more. Oh, my God. You know. And you have all of them. That's I've, impressive. Yeah. And organized. Yeah, I admire that a lot. They're not too. really. The organized part <laughs> is like they're organized in like the months. But I would have oh. to sit there and. You need an assistant to do that. Listen to all of these. Yeah. And take notes on the content. Yeah. And then hate me by the end that of it. That assistant <laughs> would later murder you. Right, <laughs> I know. shit I love doing. Not that I'm offering it up, but I love doing things Nick, like that. Nick, you just got an assistant. Yes. <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> Whatever you need, I'm here for you. No, I like repetitive shit like that. I also worked at the, li- the library in school, and that was my favorite job. I basically did archives, all the cool books, and just got to look at the contents and kind of, I think I had to report that in to the Library of Congress. So I Whoa. yeah, I'll do it. All right, done deal. Yeah. <laughs> well the ma- the way you make stuff is slow. Oh my and God. repetitive. Yeah. And yeah. there's no I mean, I can tell by looking at it, there's no real shortcuts. No. I mean you may have developed some small ones. Yeah. But like when you started drawing it must be just like Oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> all right, well, hour one of a hundred, at least, <laughs> this is going to be a slow... Like, every... There's no there's no shortcut. No. I've always gravitated towards buying drawings because there's no tricks. Yeah, you, you see all the evidence yeah, there. Yeah, there. I agree. Yeah, you do have a great collection. Don't worry, I am noticing it. Right, thanks. I'll look more thanks. in a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I, me too. Most of my art that I own is drawings for that reason as well. You can't fake a good drawing. No. What do you think? Of, like, a lot of my work does have collage elements. What do you think? I feel like you, I will you as long it. as you draw the collage. I drew the collage. Yeah. So what happened was one time I had an assistant in doing something, and he had pizza rolls that he was eating, and yeah. you know the little what are they? Totino. There's some Totino's little, pizza rolls. Those little things. They're yeah. delicious. They really are. I haven't had them in a long time, but they were good. He probably when I was making my hell drawing, I ate a shitload of those. Uh, he bit into it, and the grease Shot out. jumped out onto my drawing and made this grease stain. And I'm so Oh, I haven't said this. I'm so perfect about my drawing. Like, I don't even touch my drawings because I have real s- gross, sweaty hands. Well, you have oil in your hands and on what, a nice paper. Uh, yeah. Now, if it doesn't make a mark, it'll leave a film, and then when you draw over it, the pencil Thank gets darker. You. See, only you would know yeah. that. Most people I have to explain in detail. No, a fingerprint like, will make the pencil darker. It's, yeah. it's like when you trace, you know when you trace a leaf? You yeah. put it, put a leaf under a piece yeah. of paper. That's what happens. You'll see your own fingerprint once you color over it. You really oh. can't it get sucks. do anything about it. You can't erase it, but then you got to redo everything. And the paper gets then the paper gets all fucked up. Exactly. So no, I've never touched my own drawing. Like I have glassine, which is like wax paper, under my hands at all times, and my hands really are gross and sweaty all the time. So I just <laughs> cannot. You know, it'll curl. So I can't yeah. touch it. 
And anyway, so I was like, oh my God. And this drawing was another like year long drawing. And it was at eight months and this kid got this pizza sauce on it. And I loved him. And, I mean, he's one of the funniest people I've ever met. So I loved having him around. But I was like, oh my God. And that's what started me occasionally doing collage. Tr- like I just yeah. drew a pine tree and stuck it on top of the grease tank. That's the only way you could fix it. No, that was it. So it was either, yeah, it was that or nothing. But I can't remember why I'm talking about that. But that. But then that made it so you started doing collage more. I did. That was one thing. I was really debating on the drawing I made for you for winning the contest. What are you... Are that, see, one of the only things I've ever won. <laughs> I don't believe that no, at I've all. No, nev- I never win contests. Really? Yeah. You killed it. Randy Spelling. <laughs> I mean, I recognize... I looked at the picture and I was like, I know. Uh, so she tweeted... Uh, the next, the first person to say who this is get wins a drawing. No clues. <laughs> <laughs> just no the drawing. clues. Just the no. Just the, no clues who the person is. And she posted a picture, and I was like, I definitely know who that guy is. And I looked at him like, okay, he was in a '90s TV show, but he, it was his only job, and then he disappeared. I'm like, why did he get that job? It was give it to him. Why was he given that job? I'm pretty sure his dad's a producer. Why is his dad a producer? Because he's a fucking spelling. And then, <laughs> and I remembered as being was it? It was like an it was a spinoff. Yeah. Of nine hundred two one zero or or Melrose Place. It was similar to it. Yeah, maybe of Melrose Place. And it was what is it? Sunset something. Yeah. It was something like that. I will be Sunset honest. Beach or whatever. Maybe. And I was like, it was that's NBC. a spelling. It was like a soap. Then that that has to be it. It was a spelling. So then I looked up the spellings and I was like, that's Randy. Because I remember he, he had such a shiny, smooth face. Yes, he did. Yeah. And, and he I, was better looking than Tori. And then he got busted. Later on, he's had not the best time since. Oh, I didn't even know that. I think he got a DUI or something. Okay. I can but yeah, I was like, that. Randy spelling. And I, I mean, I got it quick. You were, I thought no one was going to get it, to be honest, because even though he's a spelling, so I took the photo, because I watched, during my lunch break, I always watch Beverly Hills 90210, and this is a later season where he comes in, and there he was, I was like, I bet you not a lot of people are going to know who, but I still really wanted someone to win, otherwise it's embarrassing, like, hey guys, there's a contest, you get a drawing, and then no one even tries, but people kept trying even after you won, even though I announced you won, I was so glad you won. More people got Randy Spelling? Later. But like yesterday, they just okay. keep seeing it. They probably just it. saw your answer. Yeah, right. they're just And then Googled it. And they're like, oh, <laughs> right. maybe she didn't see the first answer. I mean, <laughs> now that he w- the fact that he was introduced on a 90210, you can just see the dad being like, look, we'll put you in a, in a 90210. We'll yeah. see what people think, how they respond. I can't just give it to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He wasn't a bad, I don't remember him being like a bad actor or anything. No, he's good. And by the way, he must have had a bad time because now I remember I was at Book Soup and he just gave a talk. He has written a self-help book. Uh-oh. No way. <laughs> so definitely let's all read that He wrote a self-help book? Yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can't imagine what I can learn from someone okay. that privileged. I bet you something. I, that's true. I would wow. have liked to have gone to his I talk. would think rich kid wisdom can come around and be really useful. You think so? Well, what's well, like, what, where does, when your brain, when the part of your brain that thinks about money isn't there, what is, where does it go? Somewhere. Yeah. No, something what do you mean well he's never had to think worry about money in the same way all of us have right so he's that part of his that like brain space has had time to think about other things and then maybe if we're assuming that he had some troubles yeah none of them were still like most of the reason you most people are worried about having their lives fall apart is like i'll be destitute i'll be homeless that is not a thing those were not his worries right. so like his rock bottom is so different i bet you it's different and like maybe he has a different viewpoint on like 
turning your life around than someone who would Maybe. go through the normal problems. Yeah, well, I love that you're giving Randy. rich kids that much credit. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird that you're giving them. <laughs> no, I do. I have. I like, think I have more sympathy for rich kids than I because I know a lot of them. Yeah, some of my closest friends were born incredibly wealthy. And I remember kind of, when you were like angry at lemonade stands. Oh yeah, because <laughs> rich kids the parents, were behind that. Are there more parents? the parents than the kids? I don't blame the kids, but the parents bother me. <laughs> Wait, well, I don't get it. Why were you mad? Uh, lemonade stands in nice neighborhoods. <laughs> oh, oh. Like yeah. a Beverly Hills they lemonade stand, you're like, suck a dick. Yeah, 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 you're right. That's good. I'm, I usually get mad like, at everything. This is the That's only job you'll I ever have. <laughs> yeah, and I was defending the lemonade. I'm like, the fact that the parents are putting these kids out there to learn this is an indicator of like, you know... Don't just be this lazy rich kid that's yeah. gonna sit in his fucking fancy See, room I'm playing his PlayStation. I'm on Nick's side on this one, but oh, no, I'm, that's why I was surprising that he was I'm like defending anti lemonade stand. <laughs> but I have sympathy for people that are born with. There is, I think, it has a its own set of di- uh, problems and difficulties. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I've known enough. No like, one respects you. They never yeah. assume you've earned anything. Yeah, they they assume that's like true. you don't work. I've met a lot of rich kids like yeah. that too. That you're like you actually. You're educated. You work hard. You you know you're a good person. You understand yeah. the way other people live. You're not in this like bubble of wealth, you know. Yeah. But then I've met the other side where it's like you're a piece of shit, garbage, ritz kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you there have no idea what monsters. it means to work for anything. They would be like, yeah. oh well, just go buy that thing that you want. You're yeah. like, it's, it's not that easy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, they have no, they have no sense of anything. Like, why don't you just get a new car? You're like, <laughs> because, yeah, <laughs> these eleven reasons. Yeah, use one of your four away. credit cards to go purchase a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I don't get that. So yeah, I give. I'm gonna read Randy's self help book. <laughs> it's probably gonna change me. <laughs> we could have a book club. I'm interested now. Okay. All right. We should. I kind of want to get into a book club. Well, we should talk about books anyways because that's what you do on your podcast oh yeah and it's new so i appreciate you even biting at all you yeah listen to like four episodes <laughs> there's more than that I think. no i listened to oh, four you listen to four yeah i don't believe anyone's listened to any of them except my mom so i'm shocked and excited <laughs> thank you guys well off the bat i was impressed because i hate reading aloud I've heard you say that. Oh, I'm terrible at it. I mean, so you always have since you were a kid, I've, probably. Since I was a kid, since I was in high school, I hated being called on to read aloud. Wow. I'm terrible at it. I wow. never see the comma coming. It's a dis- oh. I've always I I um I always mispronounce photography when I'm reading aloud. I go photography. Like I just <laughs> I have no ability to see that many words in advance. It's a disaster. I'm sure it's not a disaster, but it is fun. I think you either love it or not originally, and that is is why I do it is because my whole life I've lo- I am the opposite about this. I love reading aloud to an annoying degree, obviously, since <laughs> I've created a podcast where I get to do it. And uh, yeah, this is just always my favorite thing in life is reading out loud. And really? seriously, I will say That's I funny. think it's what I love more than anything, which wow. is crazy because obviously I spent a lot of time drawing. Oh, but let me back up why I. So the other thing, and I know you guys as comedians relate to this in some way. So after the disaster of losing all this work, I really had to reevaluate everything. It was the biggest slap in the face and awesome for me because it was the world saying, hey, Robin, maybe not be that precious about your little drawings. Maybe this isn't the most important (laughs) thing in the whole fucking world. Mm -hmm. And maybe you should look around you and maybe... I also didn't even have sunlight in my house or studio. Like, it was getting really weird. Yeah. And so this was me getting a huge gift from the universe, saying, wake the fuck up. You're, you're almost 40 now. Time to do other things. And I had been so... So I'm talking about obsessive 
nature towards what you do and love, which is where that stemmed from, which can be good to be really into what you do, but it can go nuts if you don't watch out. So that's what happened to me is that then I learned, oh yeah, there's all these other things about me that I never gave any time to since I was 24 or something, since I got a career doing that. Like what? Um... Well, this reading thing, I also mm. write a lot and just kind of secretly and I'm still not ready to put, I mean, I have gotten a couple of things published that are more like poetry, but, and they're, they've been in the intros to like art books. They, okay. They're used to like as the forewords to introduce That's an artist's cool. work. Yeah. And I really mm. like that. So I'm doing it slowly but surely, but writing, and even though I'd always read a lot, there, during that obsessive time period of drawing, I didn't spend as much time reading, which... That's always been number one to me, really, deep in my heart. I love literature and that stuff more than anything. So then I realized I also love sharing. Like, when I was a kid, show and tell was everything. You guys had show and tell, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Did you love it? I liked it. What about you? Yeah, the only one I remember, I had a a stuffed killer whale that I got at Marineland. That's pretty great. And I was just like... I'm about to mic drop this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. You pieces of shit. Ever seen a stuffed Shamu? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember getting those the wax animals they would make oh! at the zoo. Remember when they would like yes. press the... And I got like a black like panther or like Ooh, whatever. Oh, that's a good one. And I was like, this is the coolest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah. Wait till this classroom sees this. It's the only <laughs> leftover redeemable thing in zoos is those wax And they were things. like 25 that's cents. Great. Ugh. Yeah, those are the best. I love so those hot things. When you get them out of the machine, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that too. Fuck. Uh, I loved the cheapest shit. I still do, actually. Unlike your wa- watches, right. I want the cheapest shit in my life. Like, I just love being able. Although to I mean, stickers to me. That's why I gave you stickers. Yeah, I want. I mean, the, the, literally from my trip up the coast, the only thing I got were these shiny stickers that say like Highway One, and they're uh-huh. reflective. I love uh, reflective what? Ones. It's the only souvenir I bought. That's wow. good. I, I would be honest, disappointed with the snow globes that I saw. Oh, oh no. I so you didn't even one get one? Like, no, you... the Madonna Inn had garbage snow globes. Like, oh, every yeah. place they did that thing where they just put a photo in the snow globe, not the same. Yeah. yeah and the t shirts, not that good. Oh, that's su- not even a t shirt. You didn't get nope, one. Not a t shirt. Just stickers. You mean it. Everywhere I went, like Morro Bay. The uh, uh, Highway 1 stickers, were they different sizes? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I got wanna... one that says, uh, uh, and then, uh, I got one that says Big Sur. Oh, that's, that's cool. So I want to put one on my bike, like okay. a, a highway one. Yeah, I yeah. got to find one, like it's a small. I think it's got a license plate on it. Nice. Okay, that's, that's good. I love Morro Bay, by the way. Do you yeah, like it was it? awesome. That I, was like surprisingly. It's nice there. Yeah. yeah. I'd never been, and that was kind of like the place. Like, well, I don't think we had very high expectations for that place, but that place was like quaint and beautiful. There was yeah. an amazing seashell store. Ooh, I didn't go there. Yeah. Isn't that the city where there's like a bunch of antique stores on like one street? Mm-hmm. Is that there? It's it's basically kind of a one street town. It seemed like yeah. Although the, they have a skateboard museum there, kind of a bummer. Oh, you there's a lot of cool coastal towns on yeah. uh, on the one where you yeah. stop in and go. I would have never assumed yeah. this would be any a lot good of the one all. driving took place at night because I went. We went to the, that place Post Ranch Inn. <gasps> uh-huh. I've been there. I think I have my. This is from there. Oh yeah. Oh my god. We ate at the restaurant there, which that view out of that restaurant is one of the most shocking things. 
I've ever seen. It's basically on a cliff, and the whole wall is glass, and most of the tables are just pushed up against the glass, so you can just eat and stare at nothing but ocean while the sun sets. It's great. It's shocking. We live in the best state. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's not even fair. Even I was like, this is, like, I couldn't be cynical at all. I was like, this is a (laughs) motherfucker. It is the, I am so glad you guys stayed there. That was the best two nights of my entire life staying there. I I got to take a bath. Like, they have the most amazing... We didn't stay there. We just ate there. (laughs) Staying there... Staying there is a down payment on a car. I know. Well, I had a really? little deal. It's a yeah. long story, but I got. Oh, you in. gave him? Dr- you give him art or something? No, that would be awesome. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of class. Every Thank uh, you every for- artist's dream. Oh my god, I, I love that you assumed that yeah. would get me in there. Trading Not a giant at all. It was a connection. Okay. And uh, yeah, no, I mean it was whale season. So imagine like at Whoa. night. And I, the fire was going, and you are on that view that he's talking about. You, you have your own. It's called a treehouse, but yeah. it's the most incredible thing you've ever stayed in. Whoa. And everything's open air, like you can just leave that whole. You have yeah. your own balcony. Every room like you. hangs off a cliff, and your own infinity pool. Fuck yeah! It's, <laughs> it's incredible, secret. and it's the thing is, it's incredibly expensive. But seems to be worth it's every 100, penny. 100% worth it. And I would, it's like a thousand bucks a night. Really? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. But to be fair, when you look at it, when you see that, when you look at where you're at, you're like, yeah. okay. Totally worth it. I, I feel mean, like I do not spend a lot of money. Yeah. This is in Morro Bay? No, no this is in Big Sur. In Bi- in Big it's Sur. called the Post Ranch Inn. Oh but it's the God. kind of thing where you're like, all right, here's what we do. We check in at 6 a.m. We do nothing but sit in the room and look at the view for 24 straight hours. We leave. And it's then we worth yeah. all thousand dollars. It really is. Wow. Oh, so I'm every so room, like even like wow. So you yeah. could like be taking a shower and looking at. Yeah, it. that's what I did. Yeah, and that's I the am best. Normally, like I am so not into my own naked body. Like I hate it with a passion. So it's not like I'm just like yeah, I can be free. Normally, I, that would be a nightmare for me. But you really are so private that I was living it up. Like at night yeah. in the bathtub with whatever special like you know bath salts they gave me yeah. fire right here bathtub here open Fuck, air whales so in the distance yeah. lit by moonlight and stars Get the f- I, you see what I mean you're gonna go it's I incredible. would literally be like naked pressed up against the window <laughs> like and just be like i am one with the ocean it's an incredible <laughs> i mean because when do you get to do that never. that's the thing big sur is beautiful as is it really oh. is amazing but like that hotel you're like you guys nail everyone oh. i told everyone i told i was going to that area they, were, they could not type post ranch in all caps fast enough <laughs> yeah, yeah like yeah. just go there and like the you know wow. i mean eating there was not a cheap experience either no. i mean but they it was yeah, like the waiters do that thing where they explain everything way too long. You're like, just let me eat it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah it was. Uh, it's I bet pretty you, amazing. your girlfriend was. Lo- what a great trip for you guys to do too. It was. It was pretty. It was pretty great. But yeah, that place is shocking. I know. Yeah. Oh man. There's that what that Henry Miller Library right there. Did you know that I didn't go to that? I don't know. I why. didn't go to it either, but oh, I drove past it. I need it. to go. That yeah. makes me mad. Oh, yeah, back speaking of books. 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 I loved that when Kevin said that you guys were up for talking about this, and that I was... Well, especially, like, specifically poetry is completely lost on me. Yeah, I never could get into... Like, I read a lot, and then whenever it's, like, poetry, I'm like, I don't know. See, Nick reads, like, ten times as much as I do, and then I can't... So I'm barely hanging on to reading, <laughs> right. let alone poetry. I know. Poetry, I'm just like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> I think I, I used to be identical. I was really into nonfiction, then fiction, mm. and then poetry is fairly recent to me. And I had a good friend 
who kept pushing it on me and kept sending me poems that always influenced drawings. Like I would look at one poem cool. and go, and that, they call that ekphrasis, E-K-P-H-R-A-S-T-I-C, ekphrastic writing or, or like making drawings based on poetry. Okay. Or vice versa, you flip it, the same thing. And so I started to notice there's something to this and I need to get into it. But again, I never made time. So then I set my schedule up for my studio to be more on, you know, like set my timer to draw for an hour and then right. just read for 15 minutes and right. then go back to drawing. So that was kind of a huge deal for me. And anyway, I wanted to, and this is the thing, and maybe you felt it, but I really do want to make poetry, because mainly that's what I read, way more accessible, and to demystify it, and to make it like, it's not really that uh, odd, or special, or challenging, and it just depends on how someone introduces it to you, because yeah. it finally clicked for me in a way that's influenced me in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of comedic poetry, and... I just think there's something for everyone. But that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast. A, I love to read out loud. So it's self-serving. Let's right, be honest. Right. I love it. And then I just make it, hopefully, a lot more fun. And I don't know. Does it seem like that's what I'm doing? You guys be honest. Because it is very new, too. I've only been Yeah, I mean, I listened to, like, four, let's say four of them. And, um, it, I mean, you are excited about it. Like, when, you <laughs> yeah, know, you're yeah, like... Which is really helpful. Okay. Yeah, totally. Good. And it's like, uh, I mean, the poems are short, which helps for like someone who's like being introduced to that world. It's not yeah. like, you know, you're reading a poem that's like, you know, seven or eight minutes long or anything like right. that. Um, Beowulf. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was like, it, I mean, it was, it was enjoyable. Good. It's a good idea too. Also, for a I think there's good. something Thank to you. reading not your, because when I find people read their own poems, they're, re they're putting a lot of English on it. Like it's real heavy. They have to make it, whenever I think of poetry, I was like up. I was in New York once, and I was watching public act. You know, they have the weirdest public access yeah. channels ever. They're amazing. Yeah. But a guy, it was obviously his show, and he was rereading a poem he'd already read on his public access show that he wrote because to celebrate the anniversary of it being published in a zine. Oh no! Whoa. And he was wow. like, and, he, and it was called like Yell. He's like, we're gonna do Yell again, and uh, and then he like as if anyone was watching, right, <laughs> and right, right. he it was it was a really short poem like. 50 words or something and it he read this it took him so long I was like I hate oh. this so much yeah. <laughs> I would hate it was just too. so over the top where it's like you know if it was good you could just read it and I th so I think you reading not your you're just reading them as you would read them almost in your head yeah that's what I do. And that morning, whatever I read that got me excited is what I do. Or if I read it two days ago, I just make it. I'm glad you see it that way, too, because I agree. People, it can sound so self-important sometimes. It makes I, it inaccessible to me. Yeah. And I want to encourage people to just keep buying books, too, which I know sounds like, why is this my duty? But I just love, that's my big collection is books. and. Right. I just like checking in and, sh again, back to show and tell. Man, it's all about that for me. I just want, when I am getting that excited about something, it felt, I also was pushing this on the people closest to me all the time, and I know they're sick of my shit. Like, yeah, Robin, we know you like it. Like, I tell them all the time, yeah. and you can kind of tell it's not the way to do it, and there is an audience for it. And it's weird because a, there's not, in the literature section on iTunes, there's not as much, and so... It's slowly been climbing up. I think I get a lot of downloads just because there's nothing, and it's short. That is the right. important thing. Keeping it short, 
And then I do seem to have to want to tell stories. Like I don't like little short stories about whatever happened. So Yeah, I mean you the one from Vegas, you're like, I'm in Vegas, oh this my, place sucks. Oh my god, I hate it. That was my first time there and I hated it. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, you went so yeah. I heard that podcast yeah. before I went. I should have listened to you. Yeah. But I didn't. It's America's cultural trash can. <laughs> I it, it really It really is. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like seeing a Marshalls lit up really big, like that was the coolest shit in the middle of the strip right. or something. I mean, Marshalls is celebrated and just everything. I'm still upset thinking. I still can barely breathe right now thinking about it. Ugh. Yeah, it's, it's why were you? Did you go there just to go? Just to get away. I too never take vacations. Right. Ever. Ever. I can't. It's. It feels like a. It feels too decadent. Cause you, especially if you get to have a job you like, you're like, what am I vacationing from? Yeah, no, the whole time. Yeah, oh, this doing stand up. The furthest I've ever gone is Palm Springs. You love it there. Oh, it's yeah. the fucking best. <laughs> but it's also like it's close and it's very cheap, yeah, yeah, and I don't yeah, even yeah. really consider that a vacation. Well, I would, I, getting on a plane for a vacation, I couldn't. Uh, I've I couldn't never in my that. life no. done that. Couldn't have done it. You've never done it. No, I mean I travel for comedy. Yeah, but never. and I do as much as I can, like during the day, to be like you know exploring new things and being in a new place. Yeah. But I've never been like I'm gonna purchase this ticket, Ugh. get on a plane, and go sit on the beach in Hawaii or the Caribbean. I've never done. I don't even know what that process <laughs> is. That's like. what I learned. The difference between this. Uh, w- there's a difference between a trip and a vacation. Oh, because yeah. the trip. It, there were times we were exhausted when we were done because it was like you had to see these things every day. You had like a plan. Yeah, a vacation is when you go to one place and just sit there. Ooh. Yeah, there's no a real trip. Plan. Is like okay, we yeah. got the, we're getting to the skate museum <laughs> at eleven. Then we turn. We're gonna drive to this. Like it has. It was had a schedule. Yeah, you're right. There's, I think the next if I do the next time I do this, I want a vacation. Where yeah. you go to one beautiful place and don't move. Yeah. Like my vacation would be long enough to where I could still include elements of a trip. Yeah. Because you know? mm-hmm. if I went to like Costa Rica, I'd want to be like, I'm going to sit out on the beach and just roast under the sun. But also one of the days I want to go explore the cities and, and you yeah. know, yeah. learn you about time. Yeah. yeah. But then the day after that, it's like, I'm just going to drink coconut juice out of an actual coconut <laughs> for four hours <laughs> on the beach. Eat. Yeah. Just, just eat the eating. fish. Just the eating is all that really. Oh, matters. I know. Uh, to me too. But see, I'm not. You're you're healthy. You like to explore. I. It sounds like you did that. I noticed my man and I. We were like watching Forensic Files immediately both nights, and then we went to the Grand Canyon. This was a big deal. We never do anything like this. Still never and we're like, there. he Billy looked at me. He's like, we could have just stayed home. We were just eating pizza and watching Forensic Files. <laughs> <laughs> And then I was like, it, this is nice. And the North Room of the Grand Canyon is a great view. And I'm glad I saw it. But I, I don't know. I still, I don't know how to get into that mode of I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's different. Because like, there was definitely like a, the, in San Luis Obispo, like we just watched. I don't, I don't watch TV that much anymore. So fl- I flipped the channels for like two hours. Like she <laughs> fell asleep and I was like, what is TV right now? Yeah. Like I haven't, because I haven't watched it in so long. Shows, I, was, yeah. I hadn't seen, all the commercials were new. All the shows were new to me. I was like, yeah. what the fuck yeah. is that? What the fuck? Holy shit, look at this. ESPN. Like it was almost, it felt like a vacation in a weird way because I wasn't judging myself for doing it. Yeah. So maybe that that's different. No, that is different. Yeah. You did a full vacation. I'm very proud of I you. I was shocked. That's good. And then did you feel any different coming home and, you know, seeing the dogs? I mean, I was, uh, I, I relaxed on 
um, worrying about the dogs at a certain point, which normally happens, but it happened a little faster. And like the uh, Sandy Danto house sat for me and set off the alarm wrong. So (laughs) I got a really hot call from like my alarms and the cops. Oh, no. But I was... I'm very annoyed by that because it's very expensive when that happens. Oh, <laughs> Is it really? Oh, when the cops show up to your house, they send you a bill. What? How if they, much? Well, you don't have to tell It's like us, 400 bucks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because if they show up for a false alarm, they're like, dickhead. <gasps> your alarm company sends but, you a bill and the cops send you oh a bill. No. Oh, But that's just yeah. an accident. That sucks. No, but they charge you for it. Oh. So I was annoyed by that. Yeah. But I was like, ah. Like, I wasn't annoyed for very long. So I feel like the vacation <laughs> worked. Good. Wow. And I was just like, just these are the buttons, Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> so he just set it off. He like, just put the wrong one as he was leaving. And so it, it, it sets off. A mo- he set oh. it wrong. So the motion detector's on. So the dog's moving around. Set uh, the alarm off. Then no one shuts it off. So the cops come. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're looking at a couple dogs barking because the alarm's on. It's very loud. And then they they give you a bill for making them show up to your home. Ooh. Oh man! I'll get How, it and a, is it loud on the outside? Like neighbors? Can I hear don't it? know. I've never heard it from the outside. Yeah. It's extremely loud in here. Oh, so the poor dogs are also yeah. They just bark treat. and they're oh. bummed. But luckily, it happened right as the dog walker was about to show up. So I'm sure they'd. And you can tell the alarm company to disarm it. Okay, good. It's the whole thing. Jeez. <laughs> but you were lot. so calm and collected yeah. from your vacation. Yeah, I was like, this wasn't the worst. I was like, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. As long as they're not... It, all I cared about was, I was like, yeah, it's expensive, but as long as no one's on fire. Yeah. You know, wow. I was fine. What's the name of your podcast for the people listening? It's called Me Reading Stuff. Me Reading Stuff. Yeah, and that's easy to find. Just yeah. search yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you guys for paying any attention to the Me Reading Stuff podcast. It is. It's just a branch off of my regular life that I need. I just need these other things. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm good now. I practice yoga. I do other things. Things I never would have done. So it's just another thing. I don't do you, have Have you gotten into meditation? Yeah, you can tell, right? <laughs> no, no. Because when you were like, I'm healthy, I started yoga in it's, my head the next step. It's a big one, yeah. And it did, it branched off of yoga just yeah. from Shavasana at the end, me uh-huh. realizing it's harder for me to do it if I haven't, practice yoga right away and i know this is annoying conversation and some no no I, t- I i went to a meditation class for the first time like a few weeks ago in that episode and about the dog they had a thing about um mindfulness and how it's they're actually now teaching it to like business people is really? it's the next step in like successful thinking oh right. wow yeah. i wow. believe it so how did the class go it was fucking amazing because I've always been into like I was like I think meditation would be good for me I'm like really high strung mm-hmm. I have a lot of anxiety okay. and depression here and there yeah. you know and I was like I think this would be good for me it would be a way to like calm myself down and like center me you know and all that and then I I went to one it was out in the desert and it was free it was oh like at 7pm and it was like these just like these monks come in a different one every week for every month um and they just like, you know, cycle through. And there was this British dude that was like, I mean, he was a fucking monk. Wow. Yeah. And he's like, kind of, no, he's written books, you know? I forget, I'm blanking on his name now. But he came in and just like had us, you know, sit down and like do breathing exercises in the beginning. And like within like five or six minutes, just something about the environment there. Because every time I go out to the desert, I'm immediately like, okay, everything's fine. Wow. A lot of people have yeah. that experience. I fucking love it out there. Wow. So. And I was already like, I mean, this is going to be a good experience. And it was me and like a few younger people and then a lot of older people, you know, a lot of old people live out there. Yeah. And uh, 
and we just were practicing like breathing in and out and then he talked for a little bit about how you know meditation is good in your day-to-day life and even when you're not actually meditating but the breathing and the things that you're thinking about while minimizing your thoughts and focusing on breath can calm you down and help you through the day and you know all the stuff and then um and then he just went through how he how he does it and you know how hard it is to get to thinking about nothing and then you know how you're not gonna be able to do it right away but like how it's important to focus on you know the things that you think are problems ultimately are not you know Mm -hmm. and how things like meditation can help you handle these things you know step by step and not let you get consumed yeah you know with like whatever minuscule thing you know if it's like oh traffic sucks on my way to work five days a week and this is the worst thing in the world and you're like well it's not because (laughs) there's so many other things in life and then something like just taking the time to be like this is a problem it is Mm -hmm. but it ultimately is not because life is perception blah 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 you know and he gets real like you know (laughs) metaphysical about the whole thing but um but yeah it's like this step-by-step guide to like staying sane pretty much yeah and which isn't always easy to do it's not no so any tool to help us stay sane totally yeah did you notice it as you came back have you tried it on your own or no but i found this buddhist temple like near me good and i'm gonna start going there there's also there's a place in santa monica i want to say it's called the self-realization center you can just go there it's like a garden i feel like you could probably it would probably be like a bike situation for you where you could do that thing yeah yeah yeah. the thing you do with your bike is right you mean ride it (laughs) (laughs) that's very meditative too that bike riding a bike but you i think it's like open all the time and you can go it's just like the most beautiful place you've ever seen yeah i think it's um on the way to like the palisades have you been? No, I've driven by it though. I feel I like I've go. driven by that. Yeah, and it's you can just kind of go there and you know get weird zone. Whoa! Yeah, the dude who great. was talking the sixty minutes thing said something really smart about meditating. Is he goes if it feels like just another thing you have to do, just don't do it. He goes, you don't have to do it. He goes until you feel like you can do it, don't. He's like, if it's just like, ah, oh, I got so many things to do now. I got to sit down for 20 minutes of meditation. He's like, then just don't do it. Yeah. And I've never heard anyone be that <laughs> simple about it. Like, you don't need to do the thing I believe in more than anything. It's like, not a big deal. Yeah. He was if like, you're yeah, forcing you, yourself it to do like it. Short, I'm like, he's like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Like, until you're ready, that's the beauty of any good yeah. program or thought, you know, way of thinking is that until you're ready, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. yeah. And so you were ready. I was finally ready. Oh, I used to, I had one drafted. I had this, I was going to write an anti-self-help book at a certain, this is when I was obviously not ready to get better. Yeah. And I really was like, oh, I don't want to find peace. I I like that I'm angry and I like that I'm anxious. All of my work, you know, I mean, I made a, you guys know this as comedians too. I made a living based on my anxieties. So it's a hard realization when you've got to give that up, when you're realizing it's killing me. Like, I can't believe I survived certain things, and all because of my anxiety. It's not the things that happened to me. Bad things happen to everyone, but I couldn't respond like a normal person to things. So, anyway, my self anti-self-help book was going to be called, like, The Quest for an Inner Calm and Why I Purposefully Lost or something. Like, I can't remember (laughs) exactly. But I was really not into it, even though I did try therapy many different times, but... Anyway, and then suddenly I was ready to figure out meditation, and it helps in weird ways daily for me. Because you really can. Like, I can meditate on my way over here, or 
you know, just breathe differently. Yeah. I, I went to the Hoover Dam too on this last trip I took after Las Vegas. Have you guys ever been in that thing? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I'm claustrophobic, and so you can see I have to breathe just thinking about it. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going some crazy deep into the earth in an oh, elevator wow. packed in like sardines with all of these other uh, people. That's crazy. And you're just all of a sudden going down into the earth, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking die right now. <laughs> and I like had to just go, okay, breathe in for, breathe out for, but... It was an hour and a half, and I was then, you're in tunnels that are only six feet in diameter, and you're walking, and I'm like stuck in between like 30 people in front of me, 15 people behind me, and I really thought I was going to die, and there's no way out, like there was, there's not an escape route, you are inside of that thing, so anyway, without meditation, I don't know if I would have done something like thrown up I don't know what you yeah. do hyperventilated and passed out or something I think like I would have passed out I yeah. think you just freak out I and was those are the people so that freak close out. to freaking out yeah. there was one time when I did like grab onto this girl accidentally <laughs> just because I wasn't thinking straight I was like and she <laughs> looked at me and I go I'm sorry I'm just kind of claustrophobic so it was awful but if I didn't know how to meditate I don't know what I would have done you so. don't want to die around damn enthusiasts I know it's a rough way to go everyone seemed totally fine with it too I I mean, even if you're not claustrophobic, it seems like a crazy thing to be I for, doing. I, I don't know if I'm claustrophobic or not. I, f- I don't love elevators, but I realized uh, on cert- we'd pull off to like take a picture or something. I forgot I'm afraid of heights. Oh, you oh, are? Really? Yeah, because I, I haven't. Uh, maybe I just you never leave your house. Yeah, I yeah. never living on a cliff. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, but like, it's weird because at the post mansion, you can you can open the door of like the restaurant, and they have these like platforms you can stand on, and that didn't bother me. But like. Pulling over on the side of the road, like the edge of the cliff, I would like, like she would get close, to take a picture. I'd be like, back, 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 back. Yeah. Like, you guys, it's fine. You're you're close enough to take a picture. Like it bothered me. I forgot yeah. that I'm wow. not rad at heights. Wow. I don't. I, I hadn't. I, maybe I've just avoided them without thinking I'm avoiding, knowing I'm avoiding them for so long. Right. But right. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. I hate. This. <laughs> <laughs> That's really just like funny. loose gravel and like a cars yeah. everywhere. If a gust of wind, yeah, also like I pushes you like, over. I literally, wind could kill me right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's an exceptionally scary place for you know if you have that fear though. Yeah. I mean, even just driving that route is treacherous. Yeah, there's some it's, turns where you're like, this oh I could God. just go over. Oh, no, on the one because I drove a lot of it when I when when we finally got to Morro Bay. The area, my neck was just like it was like like just rope. It was like tight. This makes me want to drive up the fucking PCH. Yeah, (laughs) I haven't done it in years. I always have to take the five because I'm usually driving up there for a gig, and I'm like, I don't have nine or ten hours to just be like. (laughs) And I know I will take that long because I love stopping in little towns and talking to people and seeing weird shit. Big Sir Bakery, adorable. Yeah, I could do the PCH and like. I mean, 15 hours and not even notice it. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's already 10 p.m. And I still have three <laughs> yeah, hours of actual right. driving to do. Yeah. Aw, you should do it next time. Just take yeah, the Yeah, I think time. I will. On the way back from yeah. a gig, you know. You love it that much. I mean, who doesn't love it? We re- like you said, we live in the greatest state yeah. in the entire, yeah, in our entire yeah, country. It's, it's, it's crazy that that's that close, even though it's a long drive. Right. I couldn't, that was my first time when I went, sometime maybe... I don't know when it was, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Because uh, I'm not from here. And to me, still, Cal- you guys grew up around here. I still, I mean, just looking outside at your yard, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I yeah. can't believe I live here or you live here or anything. Yeah. It's heaven to me. It yeah, really it's, is. Yeah, it's paradise. Yeah. That's Being awesome. From Nebraska and Texas, you can imagine. <laughs> oh, it's a little different. Yeah. <laughs> 
I've been to Houston. It's gross. It's yeah, disgusting. Houston sucks. <laughs> it's the hottest. You like heat, though, don't you? No, yeah, but not Houston. not southern humidity. I like dry oh, desert. Okay. Oh, I want to sit so out there different. like a You're fucking right. lizard. I was I in the like heat it. in Houston once, and I was like, how did this city happen? How does anyone... No, in the end, after 10 years living there, I really was like, this This wasn't built for humans. You, you're, yeah. No one should be living here. Like, you Florida humidity is even worse. Oh, I hate... I kind of get sucks. why the food is, because, like, just living on a daily basis is so gross you're just like i'm gonna walk into that building i'm gonna eat something covered in butter and honey you can uh, the fuck food yourself. is the best <laughs> texas barbecue good. yeah I I, it see it makes sense so like no so i need to good. taste something good because today has been horrendous <laughs> yeah. it's true and that was part of the reason i think i got kind of closed in because you cannot go outside yeah even walking if that was my car and i had to walk from here to my car you are drenched in sweat. You look disgusting all the time. You yeah. feel horrible. Yeah, no one's on foot. I was in San Antonio a couple months ago, and it's like you, you'd be driving down streets, and like, and it would just look like no one lived there. I know. Because it's just like n- cars are parked. Yeah. But if it was like, you know, a Saturday, not a lot of cars are driving, there's no traffic. You'd be driving down a street alone, and you'd look around, and you'd be like, is, was this town abandoned? Yeah. Like, is this section of town? But then you park, and then you go into a restaurant, and it's just full of people. <laughs> right. No one wants to move outside. No. You you just can't. You'll get sick. I mean, I'll get nauseous. Right, right. You it's, get nauseous. Yeah. Really Gross. physically feel like dying. I was so glad because I know you tweeted once about having air conditioner, and I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't have come over if you didn't. Yeah. It, I might broke, it broke the day <gasps> before we left. Oh. And I had to call, like, the guy had to come and have Sandy. I was like, I called the guy. I was like, you need to get here right now. This is the only, one of my, I one of my greatest talents is owning an air conditioner. <laughs> and you need to fix this immediately. That's fun. I don't care how much it costs. I brag about this. I can fix it. Yeah. I always talk. I love air conditioning. I'm just accustomed to it because of being in Houston. You had to have it. But yeah. now I have a hard time. Not, I'm doing a little bit better, but most of my friends don't have it, and so I have to kind of chill out and not be an asshole about it. It's hard. That's it. Some places, like it in in Big Sur, like a couple of restaurants, they clearly don't have it because it's not hot there most yeah. of the time. And you're like, hey guys, it's yeah. hot as fuck right now. This sucks. <laughs> like, you're like you want to turn on? You, they just kind of, it's not a thing that's, it's like San Francisco. No one has it. Yeah. Them. Yeah. They yeah. don't need them. And I love walking everywhere. That's what else I love about. And my neighborhood, right where I live, I can walk to everything I need, my grocery store, pharmacy, my P.O. box, all of it. I never, even though I like to drive, I never have to get in my car normally. It's great. That's what this, like, I live in Los Feliz, and it's like that there. See, that's perfect. Where if you don't have to drive across town, and you're like, I'm just going to hang out in the neighborhood, everything you need is there, and you can just walk to all of it. That's so, isn't that, to me. That's the uh, uh, that's how I have to live from yeah. here on out. I it can't lowers your stress levels. I know you're not, you're not like I gotta get in the fucking car. How long's it gonna take? You're just I like know. I'm just gonna walk out the door and just roam around. Yeah, and you ride your bike too, right? Yeah, yeah. So see, that helps too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, oh, oh we got action. Now the dogs are doing <laughs> it <laughs> for no reason. Both. Is dudes. there anything you want to plug or promote? Do you have any upcoming projects that people should be aware of or go to or read about? That's a good question. You know, not at the moment. Art-wise, I'm working on something that's going to take all year, but it'll be at Acme Gallery here in Los Angeles oh, next shit. fall. I know. Acme, good it's, job. Thank you. I'm excited. That's I know, no bullshit. I've been kind of living... Where is that? It's, it's a, on Wilshire. Yeah, okay. right across from... Well, pretty much across from LACMA. And Sizzler. Okay, cool. <laughs> right and by Sizzler. Sizzler. <laughs> Good In case point. before or after you <laughs> wanted to have a delicious meal. Story is there's a little... There's an art complex. Okay, with, okay. What's still there? Acme. Uh, Acme's the 
good one that's still there. Yep. And then Daniel Weinstein. He's Weinberg. Gone. Weinberg. Thank you. Daniel gone. Weinberg is gone. I, something else is there too. Yeah. Something else. I don't even know. That's where Robertson Tilton used to be. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. It's good, and I've always liked Acme. Acme was Acme one of the first galleries really I ever good. heard about, even when I was first learning in uh, undergrad that's school. That's where I first saw Sterling Ruby, I think. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they're, you know, they're, they're not messing around legit. over there. I'm excited because I've just been living kind of without doing anything, like loving being an artist here, making artwork, but not. I'm not a part of the L.A. art scene at all, and I rarely go to openings. I just uh. don't do it. Like I should, but anyway, so that's new. So yeah, I like that I'm plugging something a year from now, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to see you there. But basically, I just, yeah, me reading stuff, I'm into. Okay. And then follow me on Twitter, too. What's your Twitter it's handle? It's R-O-B-Y-N underscore. I got an underscore. O-N-E-I-L. Okay, I gotta do that. Yeah, okay. I'll follow and so you. So should all of you listening. Um Okay, well, thank you for yeah. doing, thank this. You guys. doing this. Thanks for my yeah, drawing. This was fun. It was a pleasure. I got a You're lot welcome. of drawing for knowing who Randy Spelling is. You're getting another one because I hate that drawing. So get ready for another piece in your collection. That's funny. Dope. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you.